You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. This friend I have who got on Facebook and she put up this um, picture, a, a video actually of her old church, and um, here it is in D.C. And, um, I, I, you know, she, she put it up with a line, you know, do you ever do this, you know, and have a little, little interesting line that goes with, with a video that you put up. And she was, well, that's why I can't see this. She was talking about the, um, ah, she, she, she was saying, you know, I really miss this old church I used to go to, and I miss my pastor because um, our meetings... This is their quote. Our, our meetings are very cerebral, it seems to me, not too active and not too participative, albeit certainly more than others I can imagine. So I was intrigued. Very interesting. You know, she doesn't really say, say stuff, stuff like this, so I watched the video, and um, it was great. And the, the, the pastor had preached a prophetic sermon in the first service, um, or so one of the deacons said, and so in the second service that they were filming, and from which this video came, she, uh, she decided to forego most of the sermon, and she got straight to the application, which I found really stimulating. The application was, our praise changes things. It makes a difference what we are going to do right now. I thought, whoa, this is great. And, so I, I, and, and they, uh, as I would tell you, they, they proceeded to do it. But um, you make a difference too. I hope you. I hope you actually believe this because I'm going to keep saying it in case you don't. You make a difference, and what we do right here in this meeting really makes a difference. And you should be waiting for something to happen. You should be waiting for a miracle to happen. And so um, it might not happen while I'm speaking, but maybe it could have happened before. But maybe it'll happen even before the night's out. Watch for it. Her sermon was about the time that Jeremiah was put in the stocks. You don't know about this probably, but it happened. Jeremiah is a prophet in the Old Testament. And one time he was put up in the stocks. Uh, that, those are stocks when you're in the, your arms and legs are through those wooden things. I don't think he looked just like that, but that's from the, six, that's from the 60s. But the, um, he wouldn't stop preaching in the temple courts. He wouldn't start, stop giving his prophecy. And so pastor put him in the stocks because he wouldn't shut up. And... Um, some of you can immediately relate to this right now because you, you might feel like you're in the stocks right now because you have to listen to me for however long you don't know. Or you are having a bad relationship with your, your wife or your husband and you just feel like you're feeling crappy right now anyway and you don't know why you came. Or the Eagles are going to lose to the Saints and that really makes you upset. And it might be a miracle, though. <laughs> if that happens, text me. You know, because that, be, that would be great. But you understand what I'm saying. You know, you live in the United States culture, and it might make you feel under things. So um, you might relate to Jeremiah automatically. He was trying to do something, and he ended up in the stocks. And I think you should have a chance to really feel that, too, um, and say it right out loud. Since what he went through was pretty dramatic, and maybe you're going through something kind of dramatic, too. So let's just, let's just work with it for a minute and um, read the scripture. And uh, I'm going to read, let's see, which one do you want me to read? I'm going to read the white part. You read, the best part's the yellow part. All right? And if you can't see it, I'm sorry, Carl. You're standing in front of it. I can't see it. 
I'm ridiculed all day long. Everybody mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I hear many whispering, terror on every side. Denounce him. Let's denounce him. All my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying, perhaps he'll be deceived, and then we'll prevail over him and take our revenge on him. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you I have committed my cause. That last part was the pastor's sermon. The, the solution to being locked up, she said, was to give praise to the Lord. If you're locked up in any way, and we could go through the whole list of how that might happen, well, give praise to the Lord. That unlocks things. That actually creates space for miracle. Remember how Paul and Silas were in prison that time? She went through that entire Bible in their sermon. But the Paul and Silas were um, the, great, the great missionaries. They were singing hymns to God at midnight when they were in prison, and an earthquake opened up the cells doors and loosen their chains. Example number one, primo example, you're locked up, sing praises to God. Who knows what miracle might be waiting in the dark? You should believe it and just do it. Even if you don't believe it enough, they're not waiting for you to get enough faith to do this necessarily. <laughs> just saying, no, this, this stuff uh, is how the universe works. Connect to God and miraculous things happen. Expect the miracle. Work on it. Try it. You're relating to God. We are here to make a, a difference. If you worship, it's not irrelevant. You aren't irrelevant. It matters what we do. My friend loved this message. Goodness. Uh, you, you don't know her, so don't worry. I'm not talking about someone you know, although I'm prone to that. She, um, she was... Uh, she, she, was, uh, she really wanted to matter when she went to her worship time. She, want, she didn't want to just think about things. She wanted to do things. And so she could really hear this. You know, we, we, we are persecuted. We're in the stocks. I tell the truth and the leaders come back with lies. I'm beaten down. Even my friends turn against me. It's time to praise God. That's the message. Uh, though no one cares that I'm needy, God rescues the needy. Even though the wicked prevail for a time, God rescues those who praise him from the hand of the wicked. So she's saying, let's do that. I'm so sick of not doing that. Not doing that, it feels like, I got, like I've got something, you know, Stuck up in my bones someplace has got to get out. I really want to battle the spiritual forces because they feel like they're locking me up. I feel oppressed by things around me. What am I going to do about that? 
these seen forces and unseen forces kind of, I know they oppose God. I know they killed Jesus. I know they're doing something to me. I got I to gotta say something back. I got to get it out. So in the second service, um, the pastor just briefly summarized her mission, and then she called everybody to a spiritual battle. This is great. Um, they took the video down because I think it was uh, copyrighted or something. I don't know. <laughs> I went looking for it again. I would have shown you a little bit about it. But you don't need to see it. I'd rather you just kind of imagine whatever you think this should look like. So these people kind of knew the drill, and they, they started praising God. The organ started playing, and they all started dancing, and they started clapping. And there was a movement all around the congregation, and then the choir went crazy. And the pastor looked out across the scene and she said, there are spiritual battles being fought and won right now. They were, they were doing it. Now, just the thought of, of, of being involved in something like that might have just scared the pants off a couple of you. So that's okay, all right? <laughs> I'm not saying like, oh, let's just do exactly, let's copy that and just do it, even though it seems like it's nutty to us. That's not the point. The fact is that they... Um, they did it. You know, I, I'm not exactly super um, unreserved or anything like that, but I have to admit, I'm a lot like my friend, which is why she intrigued me with this video, because I kind of like getting fired up. I didn't sign up for Christianity to be not fired up. I had to, co I had to come in from the cold. <laughs> I came in from unbelief, like way unbelief, and I decided to be a Christian, and I liked it. <laughs> I, I like God. I, I really enjoy praising God. I think connecting to God is like great. I never feel oppressed by that. Who, who fi go figure. I always think that that's a good thing, you know. So uh, when Alex makes a good song, a new song, I get fired up by that. I might not dance around that much, just a little bit, because I think you're looking at me. So I just kind of do this a little bit. I do enough, so I I miss them doing it. But um, I may not clap my hands for half an hour because they kind of get hot, and I feel, this is weird. How long are we going to clap? I do stuff like that. Um, so I, so I, might, I might have limits to how fired up I can get. Um, I might have, my experience might be more uplifting than um, ecstatic. You know, we have, we, there's a lot of styles of people here, and I'm kind of leaning that, that side. But um, regardless of how I'm going to do it, I know that I'm called to handle some spiritual fire, I am not worth nothing. You know, Jesus died for me. The Holy Spirit connects with me. I can relate to God. I need to be able to handle spiritual fire. So I, I expect to make a difference. And I expect miracles to happen. And at this, at this point in my life, I said, I, I can expect miracles to happen. That, that's a, the def, distinct possibilities. So I long for that feeling of something inside really happening that makes my outside something and my life valuable. I like to be convinced inside, you know, and then I can think that's going to happen outside. I guess I'm kind of like that baby who first, who just got a, uh, their first taste of ice cream a couple of weeks ago, and now they're already imagining um, pumpkin milkshakes. Did you see a sign for one? I saw, actually saw a sign for a pumpkin milkshake. I thought it was like, what an odd thing. And then that the very same day, Rachel puts on something on her Facebook about pumpkin pasta. Remember that? You actually did that. And I go, 
there's pumpkin everywhere here. Why are we doing this? But the but the you know we have this weird, weird imagination going. But it's that kind of feeling, you know, like like um, I I uh, had a person tell me a couple of weeks ago that they really wanted to um, experience joy because they remembered eight years ago they had experienced joy and they wanted to have it again. But they knew what it was. They longed for it. They were waiting for it. You know, I, I, I long for that sense that what we're going to do makes a difference, you know, and that my meager praise, my, my, my uplifted praise, uh, my meager kind of love, my meager service, that I often criticize, my little bit of faith, my little fire in God's hands is actually magnified and becomes part of this movement of goodness that overcomes the world and actually transforms it. I want to be a part of that. I need that miracle to go on. I want that little inkling of miracle to blossom because I know just the thought just that little feeling that I'm actually going to connect with God often just rolls me right into hope that there actually is eternity and I actually will be a part of it and I actually matter. So I've been chewing on this video I watched for a long time now and I wanted, I wanted to talk to you about it mainly because I'm afraid. I'm afraid that you are uh, criticizing us like my friend criticized her church. It's so cerebral, especially me. I'm way cerebral. Um, not too active, not too participative, 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 participatory. You know what I'm talking about, though. They just sit there. They don't participate. Nothing. No one's even asked into it. We just sit there and uh, like lumps and we receive whatever he says or whatever she says. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a drag. It's boring. I think I ought to be in church, but I don't want to do that. You know, so she's, she's, she has some apt criticism. You know, you can, you can say whatever you want. What leaves you wanting? What makes you want to go home and when you're going to get in the car, if you have a person in the car with you, makes you want to say, that one part was just, that just sucks so if we ever sing that song again, oh, God. That's, that's a big prayer they had for the night. Oh, God. You know? I mean, if you, if you ever get in that, that um, those straits, you know what I'm talking about. You know, instead of going home and watering the seeds of miracle that got planted. You know, she's just saying, I want to be part of that. I'm kind of tired of getting looped into this criticism I have even. So I, I, want, I want to learn from these people who didn't get looped in, in this video. You know, they, they didn't do that. Instead of doing that kind of thing and holding back or whatever it might be, they got up and danced. They got up and praised God, and they believed that they were making a difference. So I have three points, of course, from these dear, dear people in their worship meeting. They aren't much different than most of us. You know, and, I, and it's about how they applied their pastor's teaching and got out of their cerebral prison. The points are very are very similar, so they probably won't confuse you. Um, they're they're a little bit repetitive. They're all kind of tiny. I kind of like tiny. I've gotten okay. I've gotten kind of used to being okay with tiny, because it, it, it makes seems to make the, the steps I can take. The other day we were in our, our kitchen and Gwen pulled out 
but we were putting away dishes or something. And she pulled out one of these spoons that we have. And she said to my friends, uh, this is a baby spoon. And our, I don't know why she did this. And I don't really know what I'm telling you totally. But the, uh, she said, this is a baby spoon. And uh, the grandchildren love to eat their yogurt with Papa using a baby spoon because Papa uses a baby spoon to eat his yogurt. This, is, this really happens, like, all the time. And they all request the baby spoon. They must have a baby spoon. Very important. Because Papa eats with a baby spoon. But, uh, but Poppy eats with a baby spoon. I don't tell, don't tell them this. I don't need a baby spoon because I want to relate to my grandchildren. I'm, I, because I, uh, I like this little smallness. I like the smallness. I like to eat the little tiny thing because I, I'm an American, and I realized I would just go ahead and eat all the things. And I would just want more things. And I would just be more, in, I would be more interested in more than savoring my little tiny baby spoon of yogurt or whatever it is I have. So I've got accustomed to doing things in, as a spiritual discipline of tininess. So these are all tiny. These are baby spoon points. So uh, I, I think they're useful for that reason. So let's do one, okay? Let's get on with this, huh? What made their meeting full of fire and not just full of their own thinking about themselves or thinking about what they ought to be doing but weren't doing? For one thing, oh, there's the baby spoon. <laughs> I'm just gonna let's meditate on this. <laughs> I love that child so much. <laughs> I think I might make make uh, that child my like what do they call it? That's the back of your screen all day, screensaver. Yeah, wallpaper. That's it. Don't you? Wouldn't that be great? All right, moving on. The, um, they showed up. This is how they managed not to be in their own head. They showed up. Jesus showed up to kindle some fire himself, right? As you can see with the scripture there. I've come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. That's what I really want to do, Jesus said. Let's all, let's all read that out loud and, and listen to him say it to us like we were sitting around the fire. Right? I have come to bring fire on the earth what is this meeting all about? I mean, it's about a lot of things, of course, but it certainly has a lot to do with the spirit of the Lord's desire in it, right? I mean, it's about kindling fire. It's about being kindled and about kindling. I mean, don't you get in your car to come here or leave your door if you're walking because you wish the fire of the Lord would be kindled? Don't you wish it were already kindled? Don't you wish this were just an expression of the fire that we already got kindled this week? I mean, isn't that what's really in your heart? I don't know what's, what oppresses you to not think that, but I'm sure if we, if we scratched you deep enough, that's probably what's in your heart. Why in the world would you skip the Eagles game and come over here if that's not what's in there, right? This meeting is certainly not for being entertained, right? Although it can be very entertaining <laughs> and not always for the right reasons. But, um, <laughs> um, uh, but it's not really for entertaining. I, I don't think it's good for feeling satisfied that you've experienced some good show or event. Although, you know, I, I think Alex could probably feed 5,000 with a few loaves and a couple of fish, right? I mean, but, so it's, but it's a pretty good show. But um, and I mean, it's not really even for getting spiritually or physically or intellectually fed, right? I mean, that's surely going to happen. I mean, unless you criticize every piece of the food that's given to you like my grandchildren do when I try to serve lunch. 
but um, but probably something will be there if you're looking for it. It's mainly about participating in the work of transformation. It's about entering into the fire, and praise is part of the battle. You know, if you're just thinking praise in your head right now, if you're not even listening to me, but you're just praising God, that's good, right? Because that's that's part of why you got here. Showing up in defiance of the evil people who are stealing, murdering, and impoverishing people who are lying, that in itself is a miracle. You stood up to them right here when you were praising God, and you weren't letting them overrun you. You know, you're facing them down. The fact that you showed up, no matter what happens, you do. You know, it, it makes, it, it makes a, what did I say? No matter what happens or what you do, it makes a difference. The fact that you showed up. You are a public worshiper of God, and more are needed to tip the balance. You're a part of, uh, of God's people for everyone to see. Showing up really makes a difference. I mean, maybe you think that is the babiest spoon of a thought I've ever, uh, of course. I mean, that's so tiny, I can barely even think it. You know, that's, just, that's not even the point. You know, but, but read the Bible. Um, Jesus has chosen us as a, a fire ring. You know, we're, we're the circle of hope. He wants to kindle a fire so he can burn dross and refine gold. It's a big deal to be part of that. So what made their meaningful a fire? Point two. What made their meaningful a fire, not just full of their own thinking about themselves or thinking about what they might be they might ought to be doing, but that they weren't doing. They followed their leader and followed the Bible. Paul expected Timothy to follow his lead, right? He told him, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Try this, unless it really just freaks you out. Turn to somebody and actually tell them, like Paul was telling Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Try it. You could say it out loud. Fan into flame the gift of God that's in you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Their pastor got up in front of the church and she said, you know, what we need to do is have a war dance. We need to bring all the powers that we have to have a fight right now. We need to exercise our God-given right to demand freedom and justice and joy right now. This is our birthright. We need to take it. Even if you are suffering, maybe particularly if you are suffering, you need to stand up and join this war dance and be a part of the process. Lift your voice like Jeremiah in the stocks. Because Jeremiah was right, if you know anything about him. What he was saying about people was absolutely right. There were evil people in charge, and they were leading everyone a way that they did not need to go, and that he was not going to go with them. They could not make him go with them. He would not do it. Instead, he praised God. And we're still reading about him. It was a miracle right there that he did it. He followed God and uh, followed the, the truth that had been given him. So the people of this church followed their leader, followed the Bible. It's just like what Paul was telling Timothy to do. I laid my own hands on you to convey the spirit of God to you. And you were gifted for this very difficult role that you're in. Fan into flame this gift that you've been given. Do not give up on it. Keep going with it. 
and he did. Timothy did it. I think that in itself is kind of a miracle. It's a miracle when you have a disciple like Paul had of Timothy. You know, Ron, here we were just talking the other day. Paul's team was talking about whether he should even use the word disciple. It's like it's passe. People don't even get what it means anymore. It's too bad. Because it's really a great Bible word. You know, a person who really has the, the capacity to see God in somebody else. You know, if you do what Rachel says, you'll probably not die from it. I do what Rachel says all the time. You know, and I, 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 I'm glad I have a pastor I could actually listen to because I know Rachel contains the Spirit of God. I can discern the Spirit of God in someone. What are they going to do? I'm not going to follow all the, the crap they bring with that. I'm going to follow the Spirit of God in them. You know, and how it's uniquely, how God is uniquely expressing God's self through Rachel or through someone else who's leading me. It's, it's a sign of our capacity to see God, not that we are being, our autonomy is getting ruined or we're going to have a, make a bad deal because someone's going to take more from us than they give us or something like that. No, we, we, uh, we need to do that to actually have a self. And if we don't do that, if you sit back right here and you can't even listen to me for, for 20 minutes or however longer than that, but the, uh, I may already be at 20 minutes, I don't know. But if you can't do that, if you can't even listen to what God's saying in me, what is, it's like it's a spiritual atrophy. You know, if you go to your cell and you're just resisting it, if every week you say, oh, I don't know if I really want to go to the cell, you know, what is that, what is that making you? What are you actually becoming? Because that's the kind of person you are. When are you going to jump into the spiritual warfare? When are you going to come into, are you going to answer any battle cries? Or is it all just, well, maybe, I don't know. You know, she's trying to ramp up her people because they were suffering. And she, she was right about it. And they were right to follow her lead and the Bible's lead. One more thing. What made their meeting full of fire? And not just thinking about themselves and not just thinking about what they weren't doing that they should be doing. They, they let their little fire get bigger. They felt it. It's like what Paul was teaching his new little church in Thessaloniki. Do not quench the spirit. Women, tell us those five words like we matter. Tell us. Do not, Do not quench the spirit. Well, that was so good. Let's just hear it again. You didn't know what I really meant, right? We matter. Tell us. Do not quench the spirit. You know, men, men, tell us it again like you're talking to people who are not afraid of spiritual fire. Do not quench the spirit. Mm, that was deep. That was good. The people in this church I admire, they let themselves believe they were important enough to God and the world to do something right then. I, I always think it's miraculous for normal people to do something like that. They did it. I, I love what, what we're doing here in this oldest expression of Circle of Hope here. This the, the mother congregation here as it travels around, <laughs> birthing new congregations. But we're doing all these new, new things, you know, like um, the new late night meeting, right, a couple of weeks ago. I heard that was good, right? That was, that was, that was great. Um, we, we have a participatory defense hub here. Did you know that? I mean, that's, that's amazing that we could pull that off. You know, we have Circle Kids finally going to get getting to go upstairs. It's so full of hope to dream of what we could be and not, not uh, back away from that. It's great. Definitely built on regular people who dream miracles and sometimes in spite of themselves. I, I know some of you are old and you're tired and you're cranky right now, you know, but you still let the fire burn. 
That's great. Thank you. And I know some of you are young. You don't know what you're doing. You might not even know why you are here, but you let the fire burn. You're going with it. And, and it makes a difference. I think that's wonderful. You're the fire ring. Um, you know, when I, when I parachuted into to Philadelphia, I, I had a, a Jeremiah dream, Jeremiah-like dream, I guess, of what might happen. Because Circle of Hope's hardly a new idea. I just thought that the next generation needed a next generation church. So I started trying to uh, give all my gifts to do that. I wanted to live in a church as old as God's truth you know, and, and love in a way that's not tie, tied up in dead stuff. I just wanted to be able to have it and do it. And, I, and sometimes it still feels like a miracle. This is where the first office was above Eddie's tattoo down there on 4th Street. You know, from that tiny place where the, I actually had um, the, the hot water ran in my toilet because you always felt like you were getting a <laughs> strange experience. I'm not sure why they had hot water in the toilet. But that's, that's the kind of office it was. <laughs> uh, it didn't last that long, but the, uh, you know, from that, from that weirdness, from that weird place, from that weird setting, you know, we managed to, to find a bunch of amazing people who wanted to do it, you know, and Rachel's now ready to take the lead. It's a miracle, and I praise the Lord for, the, for that. When, I, when I'm tempted to fret, which is often, you know, oh, we're not big enough, we're not rich enough, we're not whatever enough. And I always take out my baby spoon. And I, and I dip into the miracle that God has been with us all this time. All this way. All my, all my life, really. And going to be with us till the end. You know, Mary Booker is going to keep doing things like leading us down on the border. How crazy is that? It's wonderful. Jimmy Witzel is actually doing the, the leader, leadership of Circle Fifth. Have you been in there? It's a hard job. <laughs> it's amazing that he's, that he's willing to do it. Emma Hay is going to multiply a cell. Is Chelsea Edwards up there right now? You know, leading the children's team. It's, it's, it's great. It goes on. You know, the fire, the fire is here. There's all the unnamed sacrifices of people who, who do share their money, who share their time who actually found it joyful to come down and help at the BGX yesterday. It's, it's really here. The way so many people keep hanging on to faith by their fingernails. And there's sparks everywhere. So hopefully, um, you put, my, you put uh, many baby spoons into what I was saying just now. And you got, and you got a little fire built up. You know, you've heard it from me. You heard it from the church in BC. You heard it from the scripture over and over again. Jesus is kindling fire. But you've got to be the partner. You've got to participate. You shouldn't shut it up in your bones. We make our meeting full of fire and not just full of our own thinking about ourselves or thinking what we ought to be, but we aren't doing, you know, by showing up, by following who and what we're given to follow, by feeding the fire, and it's all wrapped up by um, praising God in the moment. So however the God was calling you through it, I'll just make a plan, okay? You've got about a half an hour left, 20 minutes maybe. It's, it's time enough. Let's start now with some quiet. And just uh, think about how to respond 
What's what what's what has God brought up? What's being kindled? If you didn't hear anything, just listen again. God is with us. Miracles are about to happen. Might be unseen right now. We don't need to miss them. Thank you, Lord, that you're with us and continue with us as we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.